Ladies and gents, welcome back to episode 59 of the Moyes Health Podcast. Thank you for tuning in once again. Hopefully, over the next 30 minutes or so, I can entertain you. To be fair, I commit to 30 minutes, but who knows? It might be less, might be more. I tend to be a talker, (laughs) so it's probably going to be the latter. Anyways, good day, and hopefully you're having a good day, whether you're out on your walk, doing some housework, in the car, simply getting some time away. But thank you for tuning in, and thank you for choosing this particular podcast as your method of audible meditation, if you will. If you are enjoying these episodes, or you enjoy this particular episode, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and give me a little review, that'd be great, because then it puts the podcast in front of more and more people, which is only going to be beneficial in terms of helping more and more people, which is kind of why I do this. Anyways, getting into the nitty gritty of today. Last night, today is Thursday the 8th of July, and last night, England the football team made history. Now, I must preface this by saying I'm not a football pa- football man. You guys know I love my Formula One. But the analogy for today could not be better when I look at how England played. And again, I don't know football. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast that know football a darn sight better than I do. But I'm 33, which means that I have suffered a lot of England disappointment. I've suffered a lot of losses, a lot of heartbreak watching our country's football team because everybody gets behind them, don't we? Even if you're not a football fan, everybody gets their weight behind England every time they play because we're just so fucking hopeful and optimistic and we always get let down. And so with 33 years of watching them play, getting excited, hoping, praying that you know we're actually going to get somewhere, over the last couple of tournaments, something has changed. Namely... The manager, Gareth Southgate, doing a brilliant job. But last night, spoiler alert, we made it through to the final of a big championship, which is something which hasn't happened in, well, since 1966 when we won the World Cup. And that's history. But the reason I bring it up is England haven't got there because of luck. Sure, there is the luck of the draw in the sense of the teams that we faced, but we play different these days. Even as an amateur football enthusiast or international football enthusiast, even I can see that we are not the team we once were. We used to be a team of fear, a team of defence. We used to be a team that very much just closed ranks and wasn't, you know, was too afraid to attack. We focused more on not losing a goal than we did on scoring goals. And the problem with that is we didn't do a very good job of it. And so we would always be disappointed because obviously the only way you win matches is with attacking and scoring goals. You can't win matches by simply drawing because then it goes to extra time and at worst penalties. The England that I've watched over the last couple of years, or few years I should say, uh, under Gareth Southgate's management, has been a team that has learnt from the mistakes of old. I mean, I definitely think that Gareth Southgate is the best manager to lead us forwards because of the mistake and the lessons that he has learnt in his football career. I mean, we all remember that penalty. And not only have they learnt from past failings, learnt from past mistakes, but this England were not afraid to attack. They were not afraid in spite of going 1-0 down 
in the first half, they were not afraid to continue to attack. We didn't close ranks thinking, oh, don't let another one in, as the England of old would have done. We still attacked. And lo and behold, because of that, we ended up going one all. And then, of course, in the second half, uh, forgive me, sorry, in extra time, we ended up then getting our second goal, which sealed it to take us through to the final. Anyway, I'm going to move away from the football. What I basically mean from this analogy is not only, first off, like I said, have England learned from their mistakes, not only is Gareth Southgate using those mistakes and his own to push our team forwards, but they showed resilience. England of old would have fallen apart, would have crumbled from a mental aspect. Oh my God, we've let a goal in. We've broken our un... un uh, what's a, and I can't think of the streak or what the name of it is, but basically no one had scored a goal against us in this tournament uh, and for quite a few matches before that. So yeah, England had broken that streak in terms of things. And it's very easy for something like that to get in their head. Case in point, if we move over to dieting, it's very easy for it to get in your head if you have a bad day, if you have a bad moment, a moment of weakness, whatever, or you miss a day's tracking or something goes awry, miss a workout, etc. It's very, very easy for something like that to get in your head. And it, because it gets in your head, it then derails your thinking. In England's case, that then caused us to be overly defensive. We lost our heads and then we ended up letting more goals in, which is nine times out of 10 what end, ended up happening from memory anyway. Again, if you're a football person, please don't slate me for this. It's the analogy that's important, not the facts. So the way that we can carry this over and the lesson that can come from what we all witnessed last night, which as mentioned is history, first time in my lifetime and a lot of people's lifetime that England have made a final, is that firstly to learn from your mistakes and secondly to keep pushing. Don't allow one drop of focus, don't allow one mistake, one goal in your net to derail your thought process going forwards. Be adamant about you, what you want to achieve and be clear that you've got to get your shit together and you've got to get your shit together fast. If England had closed down, time would have run out. We would have gone into the second half still being 1-0 down. That would have fucked our heads further and chances are we would have gone out. But we got on with it. We dusted ourselves off. We didn't focus on it. We still continued to attack, which was not what England used to do. We used to close ranks, like I said, to try and make sure just, you know, don't let any more in. But in doing that, we rarely got a chance to push forwards. Obviously, like I said, there's more intricacies to it. So my first advice or my first, I guess, pearl of wisdom to pass over to you in this podcast is to be resilient. If you make a mistake, it's fine. There's nothing you can do about it. None of us have a time machine. But what you have got the ability to do is to draw a line and focus on going forwards. Wipe it from your memory and then keep pushing. So many of us crumble when we have a moment which doesn't go quite right and we end up losing the championship. However, if you dust yourselves off, we wipe that slate clean and we keep pushing as if it's still nil-nil, then there's every chance that we can score. And we did. So moving forwards... The way I wanted to develop this podcast further is using, I suppose, what I've spoken about so far. Things like meal plans and alternative methods, I've never been a huge advocate for because they don't teach you anything. But in light of that wiping the slate clean, in light of that learning from mistakes, and in light of looking into yourself, it's important that you ask yourself, what do you need to achieve? Same way that England did last night. 
what do they need? You know, Gareth is constantly looking at his squad, looking at the team to go, right, what do they need? I know I said moving away from football, but the analogy is still ringing true. So a lot of people, I touched on this in a previous podcast as well, about seasons of psychology, about that we are always in a different season of our lives and a different season in our own mind. Some days we're in a position where we need to be a bit more flexible with what we do, some weeks, some months even. And some days we need to be more rigid with ourselves. Now, when I say I'm not an advocate or a fan of meal plans, I'm not a fan of a personal trainer going, here you go, here's a meal plan, follow it to the letter. Because it doesn't teach you anything. You get drawn into the mindset of magical foods and you get drawn into, if I follow this, I get results. But the moment you deviate, you don't know what you're doing. So I've never been an advocate of meal plans. However, I am an advocate of self-prepared meal plans. The reason I say that is with myself personally, sometimes I'll be in a season when it comes to a deficit or controlling what I'm eating where I will want to be uber flexible, where I simply just allot my calories for the day, budget them reasonably for my meals throughout the day, stick to a rough structure, but I take every meal as it comes. You know, I decide what I'm going to have for that meal and then go with that, go with how I feel basically. Other times I'll be in a season where I need to not think about it, where I need linear where I need a bit more of a meal plan, a bit more of a rigid structure. I know that at any moment that I can deviate from that, it's never an issue if I wanna swap out my lunch for something else, but sometimes it's good for me to get the consistency ball rolling by having the same lunch every day, by being linear with my snacks, because it just minimizes the margin of error. Flexible dieting, which is the approach that I teach or advocate, is awesome because it means that you have this budget of calories and you can use them however you see fit as long as you hit certain parameters around protein and micronutrients. However, sometimes having too much freedom can be a bad thing. Give a kid one toy or two toys and they'll absolutely play with them for hours and have amazing amounts of fun. If you give a kid a thousand toys, they're spoiled for choice and they end up bored. We've learned this lesson with the trio where we've you know, got them toys and bought them different things here or there and they've ended up always wanting the next thing, which I suppose is a kid thing. But then they go, oh, I've got nothing to play with in spite of having a bedroom full of toys. So we've realized that quality is more important than quantity. And again, it depends on the season that you're in. So for those of you listening to this, whether you're clients, whether you're made by Moises, whether you are nothing to do with me and you're simply just listening to this podcast for motivation in your own journey, Firstly, recognize what do you need right now? What kind of approach do you need? And don't be afraid to change that approach. Case in point, if you go with a flexible approach because you think, no, I need to be a bit freer at the moment. Life's a bit hectic. I need to be able to make some choices on the fly. But a couple of weeks come into it and your adherence is shit. Yeah, it might be a good idea to recognize that I think you got it wrong in terms of what you needed. I think what you actually needed was a little bit more linear, a little bit more structure. And like I said, when it comes to meal plans, Yes, following a template is a good thing for some in certain times, but creating your own meal plans can be a great shout too. Either way, I think the one thing that should be coming across from these podcasts is the importance of organization and proactivity. The biggest part of what I do, particularly uh, with my check-ins each week with my clients, is we focus on the week ahead. We review the week that's gone, of course. It's always important to do that, not just from a lesson learning perspective, same way that Mr. Southgate reviewed that penalty and the matches he played, and I guess England's previous matches. 
But it's also important to look at what you've achieved. You know, not just look at areas of improvement, but look at areas of accomplishment. However, it's then important that you put the wheels in motion for a plan ahead. If you think about everything in your lives, anything you want to be successful, anything you need to do, even something as simple as DIY, and I say this because I'm looking at things that I recently did DIY-wise. Um, DIY-wise, that's interesting. Um, and, you know, you have to be organized with getting the tools. What tools do you need? You're not going to bring them all in. You're going to take, you know, go to the garage. You're going to get one tool, maybe two tools, etc. So it's it sounds like a simple analogy, but it's one of those areas of organization that so many people go wrong with. They wonder why they're not achieving, but then when you ask them, okay, how much are you preparing in advance? The answer is usually zero. I spoke a couple of minutes ago about sometimes taking a full-on flexible approach and just rolling with the punches with my meals can be a good thing for me. It can be, but I still have a structure of a rough idea of what my meal is going to be. And I'm still a big advocate for know what, when, and where your next meal is coming from, because at least then that's going to help you stave off hunger it's also going to help you resist that treat at work, that donut or whatever, because you've then got the ability to go, nah, you know what? I'm having luncheon now and I know what I'm having and I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm not going to have that. But also it stops you catching yourself on the fly in the sense of having something ludicrously calorific. But so as much as yes, there is this huge importance for proactivity, for looking ahead, for organization, there's got to be some flexibility in there too. But as human beings, we are incredibly complex things. And as a coach, I recognize that more than anybody. And it would be foolish for me to jump on a podcast or even to, to jump into my academy and give a blanket approach to every single one of my clients because everybody's different. And the funny thing about everybody being different is everybody changes what they need near enough on a weekly basis. Week one, you could have someone that needs a focused, strict approach. You could have another person, person B, that needs more flexibility. Come week two, that could completely be turned on its head. And it's all down to life and circumstance and where our heads are, etc. But the biggest area that we need to invest our focus to make sure that everything I've touched on in these first 15 minutes holds true is what the requirements and expectations are. Because it's all too easy to kick off with motivation and enthusiasm. Of course you're enthused. You've either just paid money to a coach or you're in this honeymoon period at the beginning where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna make some changes. I'm excited for it. And depending on you, your resilience, your mindset, etc., depends on how long you stick to it in that initial honeymoon phase. But make no mistake, whether you are the most disciplined, resilient person in the world, or if you are someone that is not that disciplined, then shit's gonna get hard. And then what's your plan? Because with life and everything we have to deal with, any circumstance is potential to crop up at any moment. At any time, we could find ourselves in a situation where shit gets turned on its head and we have to react to it. And of course, as much as we want it to be a priority, and I always want it to be a priority with everybody, sometimes that proactivity that you were doing previously or exercising previously, sometimes exercise itself. Sometimes all of these things will take a back seat depending on what has come your way. And there's a million and one different things that that could be. So shit will get hard. And nine times out of 10, it gets hard shortly after the honeymoon period ends. 
because then not only are you not motivated and enthused for your journey, but also now you've got this massive obstacle to overcome. But the requirements of change is to be consistent. If you look at anything in life, and I've spoken till the cows fucking came home on this podcast about consistency, but the reason why it's so important that I keep ramming it home is because it's where everybody falls down. Every diet works, you've just got to stick to it, but sticking to it is the problem. Hence why, initially, we create a foundation in my academy and in my programs of an approach that people can actually stick to, and then we focus on being consistent with it and adapting it. Otherwise, if you go lofty with, oh, I'm going to do 20,000 steps a day, I'm going to eat 800 calories, and I'm going to do seven exercise sessions per week, yeah, you're probably not going to stick to that, and you'll fail about five minutes into day one. So again, realism's got to come from the start. But as I said, the requirements to change is to be consistent. If you look at a plant dying, you water it, nothing fucking happens. One workout, one water of that plant means nothing. One meal means nothing to that plant. However, you will see it gradually begin to perk up with regular watering. All of a sudden, you will see that plant begin to flourish. Same goes for a plethora of other things in your lives, but I'm not going to go down the analogy rabbit hole where I list about five different examples of consistency at play. But just know that sticking to it is far more important. And to give you the best, I suppose, takeaway point I can, a smaller deficit that you can stick to is far more important or far better than a larger deficit that you can't. Going back to what I was talking earlier about meal plans and your approach, if your approach isn't working, it could be that you're being too strict with yourself, be it with the calories that you've got or, you know, the, well, it's always the calories you've got, but be it with the flexibility with the calories you've got or with your meal plan. Either way, it could very well be that the deficit you are placing yourself in or the requirements of it are just too difficult for you to adhere to. Hunger is too great, okay? It's pushing your limits far too much. And this is why it's so important that we are always aware of that and we are always adjusting for it. Because, yes, I know, we all want to lose it as quickly as possible, okay? In an ideal world, we wouldn't eat for fucking six weeks and then jobs are good and you've achieved your fat loss goal. But that's not realistic. You can't function. So there has to be some compromise. It's dieting, fat loss, deficits, it's all a big old game of compromise. So how do we go about doing that? Well... You first have to recognize where you are in your life. You have to recognize what's going on. What season are you currently in? What do you need, as we touched on earlier? We know we need to be consistent. We know we need to adhere to a caloric deficit. But in doing so, how can we ensure that we stick to it? Because if you're in a pound a week deficit and you stick to it for two months, congratulations, you've lost eight pounds or more. But if you're in a two pound a week deficit, but you only stick to it for a couple of weeks or three weeks, whatever, then you've only lost four pound, five, six pound maybe. So despite the fact that you were aiming for a bigger deficit over those two months, the net result is the smaller deficit would have got you more progress. Sticking to it is far more important. Imagine saying to your kids, we are going to go and do something every night. Every night we're going to jump in the car and we're going to go somewhere fun. You can't sustain that. You can't. There's shit that is going to get in the way and then the kids are going to be disappointed. Is money's going to get in the way and then the kids are going to be disappointed. Don't make promises you can't keep. So my advice to you, to yourself is, don't make promises to yourself that you can't keep. 
Make sure that you remember that an appropriate deficit is what's important, but an appropriate deficit for the situation and the season of which you are in and don't be afraid to change it. This is why it's so important that as people get deeper into their journeys, they understand their maintenance calories more and they calculate what those maintenance calories are. Go on to Google, tap in TDEE calculator, work out a rough idea of your maintenance. Is it going to be exact? No, of course not. It's a fucking calculator. It doesn't know you, how much muscle you've got, an exact representation of how much you move, etc. But it's going to give you a ballpark. Once you know what your maintenance calories are, you can then get an idea of the deficit you are in and the fluctuation of that deficit. If you've got a maintenance calories of 2,000, then and your you know your deficit is currently you're adhering to an average of 1,400 calories for the week, then but shit comes along, life gets hard, and you find that you need more calories for some reason, then flex it up to 1,600. You're still in a 400 calorie deficit, but there's just a bit more wiggle room. Not to mention, there'll be certain days where you don't need all 1,600, which brings me on to recognizing true hunger as a requirement of change. I spoke quite extensively in the last few podcasts about your character, about discipline, about consistency, your integrity, and they are requirements, guys. If this shit was easy, everybody would be doing it, but all you need to do is walk anywhere where there is people, and you will see that the majority of people cannot do what you are setting yourself up to do. Why can't they do it? Because they're not disciplined enough. And they don't have the integrity. This is why these are character traits that you need to develop within yourself. Because the majority of people haven't worked on their integrity. They haven't focused on their discipline. Yes, it's important to set up an appropriate program, appropriate targets, etc. It's, it's all encompassing. There's not one thing that's more important than the other. But you've got to make sure that throughout that journey, you recognize that it's a character transformation as well as a physical one as I've touched on previously. So, hopefully this podcast serves as a little reminder. I thought about doing a plethora of different topics. Hell, I've got a notes section in my phone bulging with different topics and, of course, stories as well. I haven't done a story time for a little while. But I figured it was actually more important in this particular episode to just remind you guys of what is important and how you achieve. With so many people in my academy at the moment, so many people on MBM, from a selfish perspective as a coach, I want my guys to achieve the very best that they can achieve. And so I know that a lot of them use this podcast as their resource to keep them focused. So yes, this episode is for them or with them in mind. But for those of you that aren't being coached by me, for those of you that are flying solo and you're using these podcasts as your own springboard, then this is true for you guys too. Don't miss the wood through the trees when it comes to what's important. Okay? The numbers, the math, the targets, they can change. What matters is remembering that it's over time. Don't try and set stupidly lofty targets if you can't stick to them because you'll only ever be disappointed with the results that you don't achieve because you don't stick to it. Be realistic, be appropriate. Recognize where you are, what you need, and the season you're in. Recognize the tools that you need. Recognize the flexibility, but also the restriction that you need. Know yourself, and I promise you, you will be far more successful than simply blindly following a deficit because it's optimal because you want to lose two pounds a week, etc. So that's it for me. Thank you all once again for tuning in. 
one episode away from the big 6-0. If there's any particular topics or anything you'd like me to do for episode 60, uh, then please do. I did think about doing a Q&A. Uh, I'm not going to formally say send me questions, but if you do send me questions and I get enough, then I guess I'm going to make a podcast out of it. So be my guest. But it's always a pleasure to record these for you folks. I enjoy doing them and I'm glad that so many of you are enjoying listening to them. So have an amazing weekend. If you're going to Festival of Speed, enjoy it. If you're in the UK, of course. Well, people fly over Festival of Speed, but you know what I mean. Uh, and of course, hopefully it's a good result on Saturday for our boys. Despite, like I said, not being a football fan, we're patriotic, aren't we? So I wish you guys the very best of luck in your ongoing transformation journeys with your body, with your mind, and with your character. And as always, I will see you next time. But in the meantime, don't forget, don't worry about the things that you cannot change. Make sure you've got the courage to change the things that you can. And obviously, the wisdom to know the difference between those things. See you next time. Toodles.